0: Om um Shri Sairam, offering most humble pranams at the Divine Lotus Feet of our ever-present Lord. Invoking Bhagwan's benediction for today's session, dear listeners, our very loving Sairam to all of you. Om um Sahana Vavatu, Sahanao Bhunaktu, Vahai. Tejas vina badhi tamastu mavid om shanti 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 hi harihi om tatsatsri saishwarar panamastu vasude natva jnana pradam gurum Mumukshunam hitarthaya tattva In our study of the text tattva bodhaha, a prakaranagrantha, an introductory text to Vedanta, last week we saw the definition of jivan mukta, where the author says, by the words of Vedanta, and also, most importantly, the teachings of the Sadguru, the one in whom the vision of truth that is present in all is born, such a person is liberated whilst living. And this is what a Jivan Mukta is. And we also discussed in brief about the scheme of sādhana that is necessary for a sādhaka to realise this truth so that he can become a jīvan mukta. And we were discussing the three problems that we all have in our spiritual journey which are mala, vikshepa and avarana. The impurities or mala is formed by the six inner enemies, that is what we saw last week. Say a small example would help to understand this concept. An overseas devotee, he announces in his Sai Samiti that I am going to Puttaparthi next week. And one of the fellow devotees, his friends, he says, I have got an apartment in Puttaparthi and there is a caretaker, I will give you a note to the caretaker. And you go and tell this caretaker and show my note and he will allow you to stay in my apartment and you can be there as long as you want and enjoy your stay in Puttaparthi. So this devotee along with the note by the owner of the apartment, he comes to Puttaparthi, he locates the flat and he go and knocks the door of this apartment. And it is a while when the door opens and ultimately when the door opens, there are these three or four very strong, hefty, very nasty-looking people, and they come out, and this devotee is showing them the note and trying to explain to them that it belongs to his friend and he wants to stay there. But these uh, three or four nasty-looking people, they are in no mood to listen to this devotee, and they throw him out of the apartment. See, this is what happens to us, when one fine day this thought of meditation the thought of the teaching of Vedanta enters our mind and the mind wants to meditate upon this teaching, these negative forces, these Arishad Vargas, the six inner enemies which have inhabited the mind for such a long time, like the squatters in that apartment who had inhabited it for a long time, the empty flat which was there, and these forces will throw this thought of meditation itself out of the mind and it will not be entertained. And this is the problem that chitta mala causes. And what is the remedy? And Vedanta says, you have to conquer this through action. And what kind of action? It is not a sakama karma, a desire-driven action, but through karma yoga, nishkama karma, a selfless action is what is needed for you to overcome this impurity of the mind or mala. And this karma yoga helps us to conquer the tamoguna also. That is why karma yoga or seva, working for a higher ideal in our life without asking what is in it for me, but doing it for the larger good of the world without any expectation of a personal reward or benefit, becomes very important. So, this selflessness is what we need to overcome this Chitta Mala. And then the second problem, which is Vikshepa, the wavering of the mind, the mind is always wandering, it is not at all steady, and we all know this, and we all experience it all the time, isn't it? And here, what our scriptures say is, you need some support with the help of which you can anchor your awareness or your mind in this particular object. And this is where pranayama or focus on the breath, the breath awareness becomes important. As Swami says, chant this soham mantra with every inhalation and exhalation and observe your breath. So the support is breath here. Or even better supports, especially for a devotee, we can say, is the name of the Lord and the form of the Lord chanting the name of the Lord or meditating upon the beautiful form of the Lord, the Rupa of the Lord, they also help us to get this single-pointed focus of the mind and thereby reduce this wandering nature of mind. Here a word about Nama Rupa. See, this is called Bhakti Yoga, we can obviously make out. See, in this Bhakti Yoga, when we start these Bhakti practices or any sadhana, Then what happens is, we learn to transform our focus from Nama Rupa of the world, the names and the forms and the attractions of the world into our focus into Nama Rupa of God, the name and form of God. And they are very powerful. That is why it is said, when you love the world, you fall in love. When you love God, you rise in love. This is the greatness of the name of the Lord and the form of the Lord and that is why it is said Darshanam Papanashanam. Having the darshan of this Lord, it washes away our sin. And the name of the Lord, it is a very simple sadhana to do, to remember and chant the name of the Lord, the Nama Smarana or Nama Japa and the power of this name can be explained this way. See, long ago when there was division of property between Nara and Narayana, Nara, man, Narayana, the Lord, then Narayana says to man, O Nara, I will keep the form with me, but I will give you my name. I will empower you with my name. So, which means the name of the Lord is as powerful as the form of the Lord himself. This is called nama Nāmi Abheda, which means there is no difference between the name of the Lord and the bearer of this name. This is the power of the name of the Lord. Once, the creator Brahma was discussing some of the intricacies of creation with Brihaspati, the Guru of Devas and also the Maruta Ganas. And two young, handsome ascetics pass by. And they are so absorbed in themselves, they don't even look at this Brahma or prostrate to him and they just pass by. Then this Brihaspati asks Brahma, who are they? Then Brahma replies, they are Nara and Narayana and they are always together. And the representatives of this Nara and Narayana in Dwapara Yuga are Arjuna and Krishna. And it is said, in Kali Yuga, we are all Naras and we have this presence of Narayana with us all the time in the form of the name of the Lord. And by chanting this name of the Lord, we can feel this presence of Narayana in the Nara that we are. And this is the greatness of the name of the Lord. So this Bhakti Yoga, Upasana, Sadhana is important for us to reduce this vikshepa of the mind and also to conquer the Rajo As we have just seen, this vikshepa, the wavering or wandering of the mind is caused by the monkey mind which is riding on the donkey of the body in this circus of life itself. We can also say that this monkey mind is not just a monkey mind, It is a monkey mind that is drunk with desires and that is bitten by the scorpion of jealousy and also which is overpowered by the ghost of competitiveness. This is the problem in us and as we have seen, the way to overcome this problem is to bring in Chitta Ekagrata, the single-pointed focus of the mind, for which bhakti yoga or sadhana helps. But we must be very careful that this sadhana should not be reduced into a mundane mechanical ritual. It should be done with awareness. There has to be intensity and also there must be consistency. This is very important for a sadhaka. If we are not progressing in our bhakti, which means we are following pravṛtti lakshana. See, there are these two things in Bhakti. One is called pravṛtti lakshana, the other one is called nivritti lakshana. Pravṛtti lakshana means our love for the world is more than our love for God, which means we are always focused outside in the world And whatever sadhana we are doing, we are doing it to get something in the world. Which means, we are using God as the means to reach world as the goal and this is called pravṛtti lakshana. And this has to be transformed into nivṛtti lakshana, an inward approach, where whatever we do in this life, whatever work we do, that has to be transmuted into a highest sadhana so that it takes us to the goal of human life itself, which is God-realisation. So, in nivritti Lakshana, we learn to use world as the path to reach God as the goal. And Bhagwan gives a very interesting tip for a devotee here. Swami says, see, this sadhana that you do throughout the day, Whatever may be the sadhana, say, prayer, or singing bhajans, the glory of the Lord, or Namasmarana. And there is a difference between the sadhana you do throughout the day and the sadhana you do in Brahma Muhurtam. This is what Swami says. Brahma Muhurtam is known as God's hour and it is between 3am to 6am in the morning. Swami says, just like we have two types of accounts in the bank. One is called the savings or the current account where we keep on depositing money and we are able to withdraw this money whenever we want. That is what a savings account is. And Swami says there is also another account which is known as fixed deposit account where you deposit all your savings or money but you are not able to withdraw this money whenever you want and it will be in that account for a fixed period of time. Swami says, all the sadhana that you do throughout the day, except in Brahma Muhurtam, that is all like the savings account. The blessing or the grace that you get from this sadhana, which you are doing throughout the day, will protect you in your worldly life when you are in trouble. Whereas, Swami says, the only sadhana that you do in Brahma Muhurtam, that is like the fixed account where the grace that you get from this will be utilised for your spiritual progress and for your spiritual evolution. So, if we have to progress as a sadhaka through Bhakti Yoga, we must learn to do our sadhana in Brahma and this is the importance of doing sadhana in Brahma Muhurtam for all of us, as explained by Bhagwan Himself. And the third problem that we have is Avarana. Avarana means veiling of the truth. We do not know what we are, our true identity. We do not know who am I, and that is Avarana. And that, of course, we can remove only through the practice of the self enquiry. Who am I? or Jnana Yoga. Well, what are the steps in Jnana Yoga? In the scheme of sadhana that we are saying, now the steps that we need to undertake are Shravana, Manana and Nidhityasana. And I have spoken about it many a times earlier also, but I am again speaking because it is very, very important if we have to make the knowledge of the Vedanta that is in our mind or intellect to make it a living reality for all of us. So, Shravana or listening is the first stage where we understand this teaching of Vedanta. We know what Vedanta is telling us or the Guru is telling us. It is also known as tatparya Avadhanam which means to determine the essence of the teaching. And this must lead to the next stage of Manana or reflection. It is the stage where we continuously reflect upon the teaching that we have learnt, we have studied or we have listened to so that we get a clarity of the teaching and all the doubts regarding this teaching are cleared. And this manana or reflection can be undertaken either individually or even better would be to form study groups and study circle groups and discuss this particular teaching, which is called Collective Reflection and this helps us to clear all the doubts that may arise in us regarding this understanding of this particular teaching. And then comes the third stage of Nidhidhyasana. Nidhidhyasana is prolonged meditation upon this teaching. This serves the purpose of removing Viparita Bhavana, Viparita bhavana means an opposite or a contrary tendency that is ingrained in us from many, many lifetimes. The habitual behavioural pattern that we all exhibit all the time that is, I am this body and mind and whatever I do is to satisfy this bundle of flesh and that is what life is all about. kana, pina, sona, paisa kamana That's all. So, this is the viparita bhavana that we are habituated to. So, to remove this, we need prolonged meditation upon the truth. And this is called Nidhidhyasana, which actually happens in two steps. The first one is negation, which means to negate what we are not. And the second step is assertion, to assert what we truly are. So this whole scheme of sādhana that we saw now is known as sādhana-sādhya-viveka, which means an analysis into the goal and the means. Sādhana is the means or the path and sādhya is the goal. So this entire scheme of sādhana must form an inevitable part of the life of a sādhaka. See, otherwise what happens is, as somebody said, when somebody dies and uh, he is he or she is buried then against the tombstone there is this inscription the year of the birth is mentioned and there is this dash and then year of death so like this we are dashing from birth to death all the time and this is going on from many many lifetimes and if this dashing has to stop it is very essential for us to understand this vedanta and systematically and regularly undertake these steps of Karma Yoga, Bhakti Yoga and Jnana Yoga so that we overcome the problems that we have which are Mala, Vikshepa and Avarana. And now we shall move on with the text. So, the disciple who has just listened to the definition of jivan Mukta is naturally interested to know more about this mind-blowing state of Jeevan Mukti itself. So, he asks this question to the Guru, Nanu Jeevan Muktaha Kaha. Then, who is a Jivan Mukta? So, the Guru replies, Yatha Dehoham Purushoham Brahmanoham Shudroham Asmi Iti Dhrida Tatha Naham Brahmanaha, Nashudraha, Napurushaha, Kintu Asangaha, Sachidananda Svarupaha, Prakasha Rupaha, Sarvantaryami, Chidakasha, Ruposmi, Iti, Drida Nishaya, Rupo Aparoksha Jnanavan, Jeevan Muktaha. A very long description of the state of Jivan Mukti. So the author says, Jivan Mukta, a person who is free whilst living, is one who has got this Aparoksha Jnana. One. He has got this Aparoksha Jnana. Aparoksha jnana means immediate knowledge. See, there are three ways of gaining the spiritual knowledge. One is called the Pratyaksha The knowledge that we receive through the agency of senses and that is called a pratyakshagnana or direct knowledge. Then there is this paroksha which means indirect knowledge. See, we do not know about it directly, but we hear from someone about it, so we indirectly come to know of it, and this is called paroksha But the author here says, it is a paroksha that leads to Jeevan Mukti. Aparoksha gnana literally means immediate knowledge, which means there is no mediation of any agency here to get this knowledge. It is also known as immediate knowledge because it is not through the senses or not through the mind, but we get this knowledge through something which is immediate to us, which is very close to us and which is we ourselves because this knowledge is not about any object out there, any object which is outside of us, but it is about ourselves, the subject itself and that is why it is known as an immediate knowledge or Aparoksha Jnana. So the author says, through this Aparoksha Jnana, what Jeevan Mukta becomes is, he says, yatha dehoham, purushoham, brahmanoham, iti See, the way we have a firm conviction that I am this body, I am a man, I am a brahmana, I am a shudra and so on. See, whenever somebody asks us, who are you? And this is how we identify ourselves as, isn't it? And this knowledge is so natural for us and the answer comes out, so naturally, I am Mr. So-and-so and like this so the way we identify so naturally ourselves as a man a brahmana or a kshatriya shudra and so on the author says in the similar way with the same firm conviction a Jeevan Mukta knows that naham brahmana na shudraha na purushaha I am not a man, I am not a Brahmin, or I don't belong to any of the castes. And he doesn't identify himself with any of these upadhis they are called as. Because he knows, he has realized that he is asangaha, he is unattached. Unattached means he is distinct from the three bodies, the sthula, sukshma, and karana sharira the gross body the subtle and also the causal body and he knows he is not this jagrat swapna or susupti avastha he is not the one who is experienced in this waking state dream state or the deep sleep state and this is the stage of asanga he knows that he is such an unattached one it is said Āsaktaḥ vāyuvat Charit That is Asanga. Asanga means the one who remains unattached and moves like the wind. The wind that keeps on moving, doesn't identify with anyone or doesn't stick to anyone and similarly, Ajivan Mukta knows that he is always free. Asanga. Then, Satchidananda Swarupaha He knows that he is of the nature of Existence, Consciousness and Bliss Absolute. He knows that He is that eternal Truth or Existence, the intrinsic existence that lends existence to everything in this universe. He knows this entire universe exists in Him and He knows He is Chit, Chaitanya, the Consciousness which means that everything happens in His Consciousness. This entire world appears in his consciousness and that is what he is aware of. And then he knows he is Ananda Swarupa which means he is bliss himself. So the joy that he experiences say starting from the simple joy of eating something which is um, dear to him up to the ecstasy that he experiences in a spiritual sadhana or meditation he knows it is he himself because he is Ananda Swarupa. So, naturally he suffers from no fear of death, and he also suffers from no limitations. So that is the implication of Jivan Mukti. Then he knows he is Prakasha Rupa. Prakasha Rupa means self-luminous or self-effulgent. He knows he is the one who illumines all the thoughts in his mind, and also he himself is the life principle, that enlivens not just his own body, mind, but the entire world itself. Then Sarvantar Yami. The jivanmukta knows that the Self in him is the Self in all. That is why he knows he pervades everything that is there. Then he knows he is Chidakasha. Chidakasha means the all-pervading space. So, this Self, the conviction that he is the Self that pervades even the space. So, even the space is in this Self. That is how he knows he is beyond space. He is not limited by space, which means he is not bound by Maya. That is Desha, kala, Vastu, Paricheda, as we call it. So, this is the understanding that comes from Jivan Mukti, not just understanding, it is the firm conviction or the realization that comes from the state of Jivan Mukti. So the natural question will be, what is the purpose of all this knowledge? So what happens when one gets, one realizes this Jivan Mukti? What do we gain from it? And the author explains this as follows. Brahmaiva Aham Asmi Iti Paroksha Jnanena Nikhila Karma Bandha Vinir Muktaha Siyath which means by this Aparoksha the immediate knowledge that Brahmaiva Aham, I am Brahman alone. I am Brahman myself and none other than Brahman. Then what happens? From this knowledge, one becomes free from Nikhila Karma Bandha Vinir Muktaka is the word used here, which means he becomes free from the bondage of all types of karmas or actions. And this is the state that one realises with jivan Mukti. This is it for the day and I will conclude with Shanti Mantra. Om um, asatoma sadgamaya. Tamasoma jyotirgamaya. Mrityorma amritangamaya. Om um, shanti 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 Harihi om I thank Bhagwan for this opportunity. I am thankful to Team Radio Sai and every one of you. Jai Sai Ram.